We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome into the LakersNation.com podcast. Exciting time of year. Darvin Ham, Rob Palenka spoke to the media yesterday. We're going to break down everything they had to say in a presser that went almost an hour. They had tons <laughs> to say during this time because there's a lot of optimism around the Lakers right now. Joining me is editor extraordinaire Daniel Starkey. Daniel, thanks for coming in. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I think you you took the words right out of my mouth as far as the optimism goes. But uh, yeah, I guess we could officially mark the end of the off season. I guess we got we get this this one last weekend here before media day on Monday. But uh, yeah, excited to talk some some Lakers basketball and and ready to get into it. Yeah, this is this was kind of a pre media day that they that they did. It, sometimes media day gets a little crazy, gets a little hectic, and the focus is on the players, rightfully so. So I don't blame you know Darvin Ham, Rob Polinka for doing this ahead of time. I think it's actually a pretty good thing because we got so much out of them. They wouldn't have an opportunity to speak like this on media day itself. So it was cool that they did this in advance of Monday's media day training camp will officially kick off on Tuesday. And then next Saturday. So a week from this coming Saturday, a week from tomorrow, uh, we're going to see the first preseason game for the Lakers. So we're, we're right there. Lakers basketball, pretty much back in action before we get into the thick of it, everybody make sure if you're over on the YouTube channel, hit that like button, get this video out to as many people as we can. And of course, subscribe again, the Lakers are back. We're going to be here all season long, giving you everything that you need to know. So make sure you do subscribe to the channel. And then podcast listeners, great way to help out the show is go give us a five-star rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. We definitely appreciate it. All right, so Daniel, this time last year, we were talking about are the Lakers going to trade Russell Westbrook? In fact, we even, we even thought at the time that a Russell Westbrook trade was going to go down the night before media day. We thought it was happening. And you fast forward to today, what a difference we're seeing with this team. So just just comparing, what was what was being there for that presser like this year compared to what you've seen over the past couple of years? Yeah, no, I, I think you bring up a good point talking about last year because I remember they had scheduled a similar presser the week before oh, media they, they day with Rob Blinka and Darvin Ham, and they canceled it. And all the speculation on Twitter was that a rush trade was happening. Um, so, so, yeah, there was just so much uncertainty going into media day last year. Um, and just the overall vibes, I think, from not just in the building, but just from the fan base overall were a lot lower. Like, I don't think um, anyone 
around media day last year was going into it thinking that this team, you know, has a legit shot to win a title. But from the feeling I got from being there today, that's kind of how everyone is feeling right now. Like they're really happy with the offseason they had and understandably so. I think we're all happy with the moves they were made uh, that they made um, and, and just looking at the overall roster. I do think we think they could compete for a championship. I think we think that they have the most depth they've had in the LeBron AD era, and, and that will help with getting through the regular season. So, yeah, I, I think it was complete night and day compared to last year. Like you said, it, it went really long, and <laughs> and about halfway through, they tried to cut it off, and, and Rob you know, willingly said, hey, I'll stay here as long um, as necessary. I'll answer all, all your guys' questions, whatever you got for me, I'll answer it. And I, I don't think that's something that would have happened last year with all the uncertainties. So, uh Definitely a completely different vibe and and couldn't help but get me, you know, excited for the season. That that is so telling. They doubled the length of the presser because <laughs> Rob was having such a good time sitting up there. Because because what like right now, you look around the NBA, like there's plenty of drama around the league. Of course, there's the Damian Lillard trade that went down. What's gonna happen when James Harden? You've got all these different things that are happening, right? It's gonna be an uncomfortable media day for the Miami Heat. What are they gonna do now that they didn't get Dame and all that? The Lakers. For a change, there's no drama. The roster is what it is. They had a great summer. They had a great run in the in the postseason this past year. And there's all this optimism. And so so Rob's kicking back up there and says, Hey, I'll keep answering these questions. This is great. I think you're right. If there was like a rust trade sitting out there, they'd be getting in, saying whatever they have to, if that, and then getting out as quick as they could. This time, they're kicking back, relaxed, having a good time, chatting it up with the media. And that, again, I think that's an indication of where things are this year compared to prior seasons. A hundred percent. And and we're going to get into the substance of, of what was yeah. said in that presser, but kind of what you were alluding to, like there was no drama whatsoever. Like it was, it was all, you know, questions about the roster and the moves they made, of course, but it there wasn't, wasn't any speculation of moves down the road. There wasn't any, you didn't address this, like you gotta, you know, what are you going to do? you know, before the deadline or whatever. So, uh, yeah, I definitely could tell that, that Rob and Darvin were were happy to be up there answering all these questions about the roster that they're clearly happy with. And I think, at, for the most part, the fan base is happy with as well. All right, let's, let's jump into some of the specifics. And I guess let's start, well, where we should start. Let's start with LeBron James. And they talked a little bit about managing LeBron's minutes. I didn't catch, though, did they ever reveal... LeBron's injury status like I know they said they're happy with his health did he ever wind up having surgery that was the big mystery over the summer that that's actually now that you say that that did not get asked and and I'm sure when LeBron himself speaks at media day on Monday um I, I'll make it a point to ask that if no one else does but he said basically at the end of last season that if he has surgery he's not going to tell anyone and he's right. going to report to training camp and he's going to be healthy and and that's kind of where we're at now like um from everything they said, he's healthy and ready to go. They talk. I mean, we're going to get into it. They talked a lot about how they're going to manage his minutes this year to keep him healthy, but um, still a mystery if he, he underwent surgery or not. Um, but regardless, the the I think the important thing is that he's healthy, he's ready to go. Um, year 21, I don't know if he's ever going to be 100% again. He said that himself, but I think he's as close as he could possibly be going into camp. By the way, I should note to everybody here listening and, and watching that just to, to clarify for everybody, Lakers Nation, we are credentialed reporters with, with the Lakers, and Daniel is the is the guy for us, for, for our team, that is 
at all of the games, at all of the press conferences. He's going in, asking all the questions to the players, all that kind of stuff. He'll be there at media day. So we're going to be leaning on him, of course, over the course of the year, having him pop into the show here, talk, give us his experiences and uh, what he's seeing up close and personal there with the team. So this is going to be going to be a lot of fun. And Daniel, again, we appreciate you giving us that insight. Um, they talked a little bit about the ability to manage LeBron's minutes. And I thought when I looked at the way the Lakers constructed this roster, I've been saying for years, you can't have enough wing depth in the NBA. And finally, it feels like the Lakers have really checked that box. I mean, Rui Hachimura, Jared Vanderbilt, Cam Reddish, Torian Prince, uh, LeBron himself. You've got all these different guys that can be plugged in on the wings. Is that going to allow them to manage LeBron's minutes? And what did, what did they specifically say about that? Yeah, I mean, uh, that was definitely a big topic of conversation. And of course it was. I mean, it's LeBron and at the end of the day, like the, the team's championship hopes rest on him being healthy come April, May, and June. Um, and, and yeah, they, I mean, I think they're very happy with the depth they put in place. You just named all the wings they have. Um, so, so I definitely think that the, the goal is to lower his regular season minutes. Um, they didn't give a specific number. And I, I think we all know that LeBron kind of, uh, you know, manages his own minutes. Like he, he kind of decides when he's going to go in or not, but I definitely think, they're going to make it a point uh, to try to play him less and keep him fresher. And and in theory, I mean, th they got the team to do it. Like last year, they didn't have that luxury. They get off to the 2-10 and ten start. The roster overall isn't great. They needed LeBron to be full throttle basically for all 82 games. Um, and, and we saw what the result of that was. Like, yeah, he was able to play in the, the playoffs and he was still great, but he clearly was not 100%. So um, I definitely think with this roster – with all the wing depth they have in place, with the multiple ball handlers that they have, whether it be D'Lo, whether it be Austin or Gabe Vincent, uh, LeBron's going to have less on his plate this year. And I think that's, you know, hopefully we're going to see the benefits of that, you know, come the second half of the season when we see him fresher compared to the last couple of years. Yeah, that's, I think, going to be key, especially in the West where – I don't know that you're going to be able to load manage LeBron a ton. Of course, if they need to, they're going to do it. Rob mentioned that, that there was an exemption. He was kind of grandfathered yep. in the NBA's new resting rules. So that does help them out. But the West is going to be an absolute battle. It's going to be a gauntlet trying to get through the West this season. I think there's a lot of parity and any team could beat you on any given night in the Western Conference. And so I think that's going to limit the amount of opportunities you have to load manage LeBron in terms of just shutting him down for a game. But I think we can see more in-game load management. If you yep. can chop his average minutes down to, say, 30, you get to rest him in fourth quarters more often. You get to take some of that burden off of him. I think that is a way that you can get around the fact that you probably can't just shut him down for a whole stretch of, stretch of games the way you could, say, if the Lakers were playing in like the Eastern Conference or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and I think that was a main focus of what Rob and Darwin were saying today. It's not necessarily about him, you know, sitting out games, although they did make sure to make it a point that he he was grandfathered in, like you mm -hmm. said. So those the the load management rules do not apply to him. So that's good to know. Um, but but yeah, the 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 main focus was lessening his workload on a night to night basis. So I, I think you hit it on the head right there. And I, I I think as far as load management goes, like you said, the West is going to be really strong this season so I don't think in the first half you're definitely not thinking about that but I think the key is going to be getting off to a good start like you saw the Nuggets last year they were the one seed all season long so then when you got to the last month 
of the regular season, they were able to rest guys. Um, and then lo, lo and behold, they were the freshest team left in the postseason and, and they won the championship. So I think um, they're putting a, a big emphasis on getting off to a good start this year. Um, we all know how last season started. It was, you definitely want to avoid that again. But I think they're um, they're looking at the, the way they sound is they're going to be extremely focused during training camp. They're going to take the preseason seriously because they know once they hit the gate running, like the schedule is not easy. And also the Western Conference is stacked. So you can't. You, you can't afford to put yourself in a two and 10 hole or, or whatever it is again this season and expect to climb out of it. No, they, they really had to push down on the turbo button after the trade deadline this past year. And of course, we know LeBron had uh, the injury that he was dealing with. He came back, wasn't quite the same. He was you know kind of playing on one foot. And uh, it felt like the team kind of ran out of gas in the Western Conference Finals, which isn't a surprise. You can only hold down that turbo button for so yep. long. Um, so if there is that that emphasis on, hey, Let's get these, let's stack the wins right now, put them in the bank, get it done earlier in the season. That way we're not having to take this mad dash approach to the final stretch of the season. That would certainly be ideal. Uh, let's jump over to Anthony Davis, who signed an extension with the Lakers. Obviously, he's committing to be a Laker long-term. The Lakers also committing to him. Uh, Rob and, and Darvin talked a little bit about what they're expecting out of, out of him this season. What did they have to say there? Yeah, I mean, th this is going to sound kind of cliche, but um, they basically, you know, s talked about how, how hard he worked this offseason. Um, we know Austin Reeves uh, came out and said the other day his jumper has been looking great, but mm -hmm. Rob basically said that they challenged AD at the beginning of the offseason to A, take on a bigger leadership role, and, and B, to be the hardest worker on the team. Um, and Rob said he followed through with that, and he's looking great right now by all accounts. So I think, I mean... We, we know AD has had his injury history, but whenever he's been on the floor, he's been incredible. Um, with that being said, it wouldn't surprise me if we see his his best season yet this season, especially when you look at the roster around him, how much shooting he's going to have. He's used to he's used to having to operate with the paint clogs with two or three non-shooters out there. It's going to be a lot different this season. So I definitely think, um, you know, they were comfortable with giving AD the extension because of what they saw from him this offseason, because of the discussions they had with him he's committed to the organization he wants to be a leader um so so i'm excited to see ad obviously you hope for the best with his health but um it wouldn't surprise me at all if he's in the mvp conversation as long as he could stay healthy if ad is stepping into this bigger leadership role is this is there a point you think where this transitions to being anthony davis's team or is just the presence of lebron so overwhelming that that's just that's not going to happen I mean, I, I feel like we've been talking about that for a few years now, and and LeBron has kind of wanted AD to take on more of those responsibilities. Um, but I still think at the end of the day, like when LeBron James is on your team, everyone's going to look to him first, you know, whether it be for, you know, advice or, or leadership type stuff. Like LeBron's always going to be there, and he's always going to fill that role. Um, but with that being said, I, I, I think it's fair to start, you know, looking at life after LeBron. Like we don't know how long he's going to be with the organization. This could very well be his last year. Yeah. And we know AD is now locked up for, for four or five years, however long it is. So I, I definitely think that's going to be more of an emphasis this year um, compared to years past. Um, but at, at the end of the day, I still think if you had to ask, ask me who's the, the, the number one leader on this team, I'm still going to say LeBron. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's, you know, we have been saying that for years that even it was actually Anthony Davis's first year. One of the first stories we did on Anthony Davis was about how LeBron went to management and said, I want to run the offense through AD. Yep. When push came to shove, the ball's still in LeBron's hands. Funny how that that just kind of works out because, you know, he's he's kind of good. Um, yeah. Let's get it. One of the guys that I was usually you see in these types of press conferences, what gets said is fairly PC, pretty reserved, right? It's very calculated. And I thought Rob Palenka, the praise that he heaped upon Rui Hachimura. Usually guys are afraid of saying too much, going too far, right? We think back to Magic Johnson introducing Lonzo Ball and saying, please don't break too many of my records, right? Oops, <laughs> probably should have said that. Oh, but, man. but Rob specifically said he expects Rui Hachimura to have a huge season. He talked about how Rui is just in the takeoff phase right now of the flight that he's on said that he has been what was the the term that he used he's been lebron's understudy yeah is that is that what it was so what uh, where did this come from and should lakers fans be extremely fired up now about Rui hachimura i i think they should be i mean we obviously saw how great he was in the playoffs last year and, and down the stretch and I only think he's going to be even better now that he's familiar with the system. He's had a full offseason to work out with Phil Handy and, and and LeBron, like you mentioned. I mean, Rob Rob basically said him and LeBron have been in the, in the practice facility every morning at 6 a.m., and he's been basically following LeBron's every step. Um, so, so, I mean, I don't think there's anyone better you could you could follow and, and you know, dedicate your, your offseason to learning from them mm -hmm. other – you know, more so than LeBron James. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's, he, I'm expecting a big season out of Rui. Um, I, I think he's slimmed down. I think in the, in the videos that have been posted recently, he's, he's looking like he's in great shape. Um, so, yeah, they, the, the one thing they stopped short of was naming him as, as, as a starter. Yeah. I think a lot of people, a lot of people are expecting him to, to, to start this season. Um, we'll see. We're, we're going to get into some other starting spots coming up here. Um, but, but we'll see if Rui's starting or coming off the bench. But I don't, I don't really think that matters, to be honest. And personally, I might rather see him come off the bench and just kind of lead that second unit. He'd get more shots that way. And he's still going to be playing with, you know, LeBron and, and AD and such. Um, but yeah, I, I think everyone in the organization is expecting big things from Rui. Um, and, and coming off the playoffs he had, I mean, why not? Yeah, absolutely. He was, he was great in the postseason. He is still, he is the NBA's all-time leading playoff three-point shooter in terms of percentage um, which is unreal but but uh, because he's not known as a sniper but he's been great during during the postseason we'll see how much of that can carry over uh, to the Lakers season here but you know the Lakers they committed to a bunch of these guys long term and that's part of the reason why there's no drama right they've got the right. stability you committed long term you even D'Lo, who's got a two-year deal, but Austin, four years, Rui, four years, Vando, four years, Gabe Vincent, three years, right? I mean, they've got this core group of guys they brought in. One of the downsides to that is, okay, I got my big deal. Naturally, is there that inclination to take your foot off the gas pedal a little bit once you get that big contract? Rui got the big contract, and it sounds like he did the exact opposite. It sounds like he said, okay, fine, I'm really going now. I've got this deal. And that, I think, is is a great, great sign for what's to come for him this season as well as the Lakers. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I, I think, um, obviously, you know, Rob and Darvin aren't going to say that guys didn't work hard in the yes. offseason. Like, they're obviously going to sit there and, and say everyone worked hard. But that was kind of the theme of it sounds like a lot of guys were in, in L.A. for a majority of the offseason in the practice facility, all working out together. And, and to me, as far as chemistry building, continuity building, um, I, I think that's great that, you know, they're all there. They're, they all seem like they're ready to go for training camp. A lot of the times in the old days, guys would report to training camp not in shape at all, saying, I'm going to use training camp to get in shape. Yeah. Um, it, it seems like everyone's in shape now, which is is going to be great for as far as having productive practices, um, you know, being ready for the preseason, you know, taking that seriously. Um, and, and I think Rui's been kind of kind of one of the main guys as far as that goes. I don't know if I want to go this far but I'm kind of getting 2019, 2020 vibes just out of the, the commentary around this team, what we're hearing about these guys, about how locked in they are. It feels like there's a sense among the team that, and we'll see if they concur on, on Monday at media day, but that a championship is a very, very realistic and attainable goal. And they're approaching this season with that kind of seriousness. And that's, that I think is also a great sign. And again, we'll see if those sentiments get echoed, on Monday at media day. And also keep in mind, this is the time of year for optimism. And so all of these things are, you know, they get said have to get proven out on the court, but nonetheless, it, it sure seems like this team is, is really locked in on uh, accomplishing their goal. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what was so special about that 2019, 2020 team was just their chemistry, like off the floor. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's kind of what we're seeing with this team. Um, I know we, we saw it, towards the end of last year. And then they brought a lot of those guys back. Um, they added, you know, some good, you know, locker room type guys. Um, so, so I definitely think we're going to see good chemistry off the floor this year. And, and that's kind of, that helps you on the floor too, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the kind of bizarre moments of the, the press conference, D'Angelo Russell gets announced as a starter. Despite Darvin Ham previously in this press conference saying that he wasn't going to name starting lineups he just kind of blurts out that D'Lo <laughs> is is the start it was almost like it was like the end of Iron Man when Tony Stark just he's supposed to not say anything <laughs> and he just says screw it I am Iron Man it's like it's like Darvin Ham just went out ah, you know what forget it he is the starter he's D'Lo starting he's our guy was there were people in the room surprised when he said that Were people laugh people by the way and just as an aside you know this in press conferences y there is no easier audience to get to laugh anywhere than mm -hmm. reporters at a press conference yeah. <laughs> they, they laugh at every little thing but what was the reaction like in the room when when that happened yeah yeah to me this was this was the biggest surprise just because like you said um you know he had darvin hammond just said 15 minutes earlier that he wasn't you know gonna name a starting lineup which makes all the sense in the world training camp hasn't even started yet they got a lot of options. Like there's probably eight or nine guys on this roster that are capable of starting on an NBA team. Um, so I thought that made sense. But but going back to just the overall vibes and, and everything being good, I think, you know, 15 minutes later, Darvin was just in a great mood. And and when he was talking about D'Lo, just decided to say that he's a starter. Um, and, and while it, surpr it surprised me, I should say it shouldn't surprise me that D'Lo is going to be starting. It surprised me that he was willing to give us that information this early before training camp even started. Like, I think we were all under the impression that, 
they would go into training camp with kind of an open battle between D'Lo and Gabe Vincent. I think a majority of the people were still expecting D'Lo to win that battle, at least at least to start the year. Um, but but I do like that Darvin came out and said it just because, you know, that could only give a guy confidence. And we know D'Lo didn't exactly have the best series against the Nuggets last year. He ends up getting benched, um, you know, for the final game four. So um, I don't, I'm not saying his confidence was shot because of that, but it could only help to start the next year by by kind of giving him that vote of confidence by saying he's your starting guy. Um, and, and perhaps more surprising than that was what Rob said, which is that D'Lo has gotten a lot stronger and more physical this offseason just because that's not really his game at all. And he said his shoulders are a lot broader and he's been in the gym backing guys down in the post. Um, I, I I don't know if we're going to be seeing that in games, but I, I think um, if D'Lo, you know, could add that strength, that's only going to help him, um, you know, on both sides of the ball, mainly on the defensive end. But but uh, yeah, just overall really positive talk on D'Lo. He's another guy that they said was in the gym all summer, pretty much working on his game. So, um, so yeah, I mean... <laughs> I, I don't think I like a, like a you know like I just said I wasn't surprised that he's going to be starting I was just surprised that Darvin just came out and said it the way he did. D'Lo has never been the kind of guy that's that's that, that I would characterize as being out of shape. Right. But if you've seen any of the pictures that he's put around, like on Instagram and stuff like that, the dude is shredded. Like yeah. he he looks like he's ready to step into the octagon or something like that this season. I mean it's and if he does wind up working in the post, you know I talk about this a lot. He's 6'4", but he has a 6'10 wingspan. Like a lot of people yeah. don't realize how crazy long Delo's arms are because he's not that fleet of foot. So he's not this ace defensive player that we typically think of with guys who have long wingspans. But Delo has that. He doesn't play like it defensively. But on the offensive end, what that means is that if he can get a little bit of space in the post, even though he's not an explosive leaper, those long arms will allow him to get a shot off over people. So uh, that could actually wind up being a really useful thing. Him putting on a little bit more, uh, a little bit more muscle, getting a little bit stronger. We'll see. Post up, post up D'Lo, play some inside out. Who knows if Anthony Davis's jumper is coming around, we could see the Lakers post up D'Lo and kick out to an open AD for three. Yep. How, how, how about a role reversal there? Yeah, yeah. I, I just think overall there's going to be a lot more space in the post to operate yeah. with with if you're the Lakers. So there's going to be more opportunities for D'Lo at the elbow or or on you know on the baseline in the post wherever. Um, and, and we know he could play make out of that as well. So so yeah, all positives you know regarding D'Lo. He actually he actually said going back to exit interviews last year. One of the most popular questions during exit interviews is uh, what are you going to work on this summer? And that's kind of what he said. He basically said, like, at this point, my game is my game. Um, but I could I, the one thing I can work on is my body and being in great shape and being and being strong, um, having a strong lower body. So I, I think um, that was a big focus for him, obviously. And I also think that'll help him with staying healthy. We know he's dealt with nagging injuries in the past. I know some fans were a little frustrated that he was missing games towards the end of the regular season last year when it was basically all must win. So I think being in good shape and and being strong will only help with that as well. And then Austin Reeves got officially, and no surprise, got got announced as the starting shooting guard on the Lakers roster. Of course, that was that was a lock. But uh, but Rob also had some interesting things to say about Austin having that Mamba mentality in terms of the way he approaches his offseason, the way he approaches training, and that was was good to hear, especially given that Austin had to spend time with Team USA, the FIBA World Cup going on. Uh, that, that's a lot. That's a lot that he had to, a lot of basketball that he had to play, but 
sounds like he's going to be ready to go for the, for this season. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like, you know, there's not enough good things you could say about Austin Reeves, but I, th- I think uh, saying he's, you know, he's, he's Mamba-esque is, is taking it to a whole nother level. And I, I don't think Rob was saying he's on Kobe's level by any means, but um, Rob knew Kobe better than anyone. He knows he's very familiar with what his mentality was. He's very familiar with how he approached his off seasons. And I think that's kind of what he was getting at as far as um, Austin's mentality um, him always wanting to get better, no matter you know, you know, matter what he's doing. Um, him always wanting to be, you know, in the gym on the court. You know, that's kind of why he played with Team USA. Like those are live game reps that you wouldn't get otherwise. Um, so, so yeah, like you said, he's he's going to be the starting shooting guard. There's no surprise there. But I, I think overall, they're really happy with with the off season Austin had. I think everyone's expecting him to take even another leap, and you know finishing the, the season the way he did if he if he has another level after that um he he could be one you know hell of a player yeah absolutely absolutely if he's able to continue his growth that would be huge for the lakers all right let's talk a little bit about christian wood the newest laker he comes in there were story wood himself talked about how darvin was calling him like every day during the free agency process and i thought gosh is that is he exaggerating here or what's what's happening? And then Rob and Darby kind of echoed that today. Like they really went after Christian Wood trying to make sure they got him on, on this team. And it sounds like Darvin's pretty excited to be able to deploy him out there with the Lakers lineups. Yeah, uh, the, Darvin, Darvin has a history with C- Christian Wood. He had, a, he had a short stint in Milwaukee a few years back. Um, and, and basically what Darvin talked about is just how much growth he's seen from him since then. Like you said, that they, they pursued him very heavily. That you know, Darvin was calling Christian himself, you know, almost daily. Rob was calling his agent, you know, every other day. He said, um, so he was clearly someone they wanted to add to the mix, and I think it makes all the sense in the world, especially when you're talking about a veteran minimum contract. Like you don't typically get a talent of Christian Wood uh, for a veteran veteran minimum contract, and and they're confident that in addition to you know his talent that getting him in their building with Darwin, who he has a history with, with AD, who he played with in New Orleans, with LeBron, who's obviously an incredible leader, that they're confident that they're going to get that buy-in from Christian Wood, where regardless of his role, regardless of how many minutes he's playing, like he's not going to be sitting on the end of the bench and pouting. He's going to be ready to go whenever his number's called. They know there's going to be nights where LeBron or AD aren't playing, and he's going to get more minutes. 
Um, so, so yeah, I, I think they're they're really happy with that. You know, late offseason addition. Rob kind of compared it to you know Malik Monk and Dennis Schroeder, where mm-hmm. you're getting guys who are more than minimum talents for at the min- minimum level, and they could come here, kind of repair their image, uh, repair their on court value, and then go into free agency and, and cash in. We saw that from both of those two guys each of the last two offseasons. So I don't think it's a stretch at all to say uh, that Christian Wood could be getting, you know, uh, $10 million a year or a mid-level type deal next offseason if he comes, if he maintains that attitude, um, you know, this season with the Lakers and, and, and has a good year. By the way, just turned 28, so happy birthday, Christian Wood. But, but yeah, this is an opportunity, and the Lakers have very quickly developed a reputation as that team – that you can turn things around with that, that if you get to the Lakers and you do well there, the spotlight is so bright that you can play your way off of a veteran minimum contract in LA, which is not an easy thing. It's something that players are very concerned about. It's why you don't see guys wanting to take veteran minimum, minimum deals. You have a lot of fans that say, well, just take, just play for the minimum for a season. And then it'll help us out with the cap and all that kind of stuff. Guys don't want to wind up being typecast as a veteran minimum player because it's not easy to play your way off. But in the bright lights of L.A., guys have been doing it. Look, even Troy Brown from last year played his way off of a minimum contract. He's got more than a minimum. It's not a lot, but he's got, I think, $4 million from Minnesota. So not easy to do, but guys have consistently done it in L.A., and I think that's helping the Lakers land some of these guys. Christian Wood himself, I think, is going to help the Lakers out a lot, particularly playing with A.D., playing in place of A.D. at times going to be a really nice addition and and that brings me to really my final point here um the lineup versatility that that darvin was talking about that rob palenka was talking about this team now has the ability to play so many different ways and address so many different issues that opponents could throw at them i'm really excited to see all the different options that darvin has to choose from now yeah darvin darvin looked like a kid in a candy store talking about all the versatility they have, all the different lineups, you know, they could try out. And, and to me, in my opinion, the best part of of that versatility is that none of it includes multiple guards that are six two or below. Like the, even when the Lakers go small, they're gonna have bigger guards in there, whether it be D'Lo and Austin, or or Max Christie or or Gabe Vincent. All those guys could ho- are are bigger and could hold their own. So I think that's the key. Um, we, we all know how, how frustrating a lot of the three guard lineups were last mm-hmm. year. Um, I, I don't think it, they, they there's three guard lineups they could go with this year that I don't think will be nearly as frustrating. And that's not even to mention the bigger lineups they could go with, whether that be playing Christian Wood with AD. They haven't really had uh, a, a big that could stretch the floor other than, you know, Mark Gasol that one year. He's kind of the only one. Uh, but they haven't really had that, and and they haven't had this size on the wing. I don't think ever. Like, w- I mean, we talked about it earlier. How many wings they have? So I definitely think uh, they're going to use training camp in the preseason to kind of test out different lineups to see what works. We know who four of the starters are: D'Lo, Austin, AD, and LeBron. Uh, but that leaves one spot left up for grabs, and there's kind of a lot of different directions they could go there. So I'm excited to see what they test out in the preseason. Um, and what they ultimately land on for opening night. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of different ways. Darvin Ham can play this and a lot of good options. Not a, in seasons past, there have been teams where you look at it and you go, well, all right, I guess they could try this, but it doesn't really look great on paper. Maybe they can make it work. If these things happen, this team right now. And again, this is on paper, but right now it feels like there's so many different good options 
for the Lakers. So many different combinations you can put together where you go, man, that that lineup could really work, but this lineup could really work too. And there's so many different paths you can see them choosing. And that's going to be really exciting to watch this year. Uh, Daniel, thanks so much for coming on and, and joining here and give us your insight from inside the building. Again, a, a, a sunny media, media <laughs> early media day, I guess. Yeah. For uh, for Rob Palenka and, and Darvin Ham getting to even go into overtime, and they were happy to do it because that's just kind of the air that's around these Lakers right now. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm uh, feeling refreshed after the off season, but mainly just because um, you know the vibes are so good going into this year. Like I know um, it's obviously a long season and, and things could change, but um, you know to go in on on this positive of a note is is always a good thing and. And we'll see what happened, you know, what guys say on, on media day on Monday. But I'm expecting a lot more of the same kind of like I think um, everyone's everyone worked hard this offseason. Everyone has the same goal in mind of winning a championship. Like there's I don't think there's selfish guys in that locker room. So, um, yeah, really excited. And, and I'm sure we'll do this again uh, after media day on Monday. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Let's plan on it. We'll do this again after media day on Monday. In fact, we'll have a live show Monday night. Maybe we'll have you hop on hop on that can join us for that one but lakers nation thank you guys for joining us for the show again make sure you do subscribe over on the youtube channel uh hit that uh, notification bell as well that way you get notified every time we put out a new video and then of course over on the podcast side that five-star rating and review over on apple podcast spotify wherever it is that you listen to podcasts and of course head over to lakersnation.com for all of our written work until next time everybody see ya and stay safe